I have a funny story about that. And I think this is a perfect example of heaven here now. Cut it out if it's not appropriate. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, so we, several years ago, founded an organization called The Gathering People, and the mission of The Gathering People is gathering people to bring heaven here now. Well, and I don't think you have to be a religious person to say, I want to leave this world better than I found it. Right. So it's one of those things where it's the difference of, you know, doing something here. Hello, welcome to the Heaven Here Now podcast, where some former pastors and their friends talk about the radical shift that happens in life when we stop viewing heaven as something we can only experience someday, far away, and we start exploring the possibility that heaven is something we have the power and responsibility to create and sustain here and now. In a world where problems seem to grow bigger and more complex on this podcast, we focus on the individual's organization and ideas that can help empower us to lead in love on a local level and bring about real change. I'm Jesse Dukes, one of your hosts, and on today's episode, I talk about my good friend, Karma Novak. Katie and I have known Karma for a long time, and we've watched her give birth to the I-58 mission, which is an amazing organization that helps provide food for people in need on a regular basis every single week. Uh, on the episode today, Katie and I interview Karma about the beginnings of her journey, about where she found the power and the idea and the energy to help create this thing and just talk about her empowerment journey. She is an amazing woman, and so we're really excited to share her story with you all. We're gathering people to bring heaven here now. Thanks for coming along on the journey with us. All right. Hey, good morning. We have our good friend here with us, Karma Novak. And Karma, last week we shared a, a podcast about empowerment and this idea about um, yeah, being empowered by the Holy Spirit to not have to have like a, a special position, but like when you find that there's just a passion yeah. in your heart that God's given you, being willing to kind of go for it. And Katie and I were talking afterwards uh, about a way to follow that up. And um, I know a little bit of your story of uh, kind of starting the I-58 mission. And I thought just to, to begin, if you could kind of share some of how you discovered that passion and how you got this crazy idea that you had the, the power and authority to, to you know, yeah. go on this journey to, to create this thing. Well, we went to a really small church, small town, small church, um, we had an angel tree and the cool thing about the angel tree at the vineyard was because it was such a small community, the pastor and his wife knew every child that was on that angel tree. So instead of us getting gifts and then taking them to the, some huge facility or to Walmart, you know, there's a drop place there for some, some of those type things. Um, we literally got to deliver these gifts to the family directly. So um, that was exciting, but it was also a little scary. Like you, you don't know these people and you're showing up at their house, right? And so it was a little right. scary, but when we got there, it was, um, yeah, it was devastating because we, we went with all of our middle-class pride, like, oh, look, we, look at all these great toys that we're bringing. Like, how great are we, you know? 
um, yeah. not thinking like that, but thinking like that, you know? And so when we right. got there and they had plastic in the windows instead of glass and they invited us inside and there's not running water in the bathtub, there's, um, rats, uh, rat holes in the wall. Y'all, our chihuahua could have fit through them. I had never seen anything like that mm. in my life. Um, there was a hole in the floor in the kitchen and you could see the dirt on the other side of the floor, like devastating. And it just, um, it impacted us. So we just sat inside yeah. and loved on that mama and her daughter and visited and, um, celebrated with them Christmas. And, but when we left, y'all know me. So, you know, the dynamic, you know, that I am super passionate. That's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> um, I'm like a little bulldozer and Anthony is super chill. Well, we got outside and it was like a reversal. I was in shock and Anthony looked at me and he said, what the hell have we been doing for 35 years? We say we love Jesus. And this lady is literally five minutes from our big, nice house. Like that's not, and he was, he was furious. And it was like this Holy spirit anger, you know what I'm talking about? And so that just like ignited something in our family. We started loving on her. Anthony set up like a plumber to come and, Um, somebody to come in and hang doors and just all sorts of things. Just, we saw that need and we couldn't just walk away from it. Um, we had no plan to start anything. And I still say we didn't start it. Jesus totally started it because it was not something we set out to do. Um, but it was definitely him and it was, have y'all, okay. You know how, when you go out into the ocean and you're determined, you're going to like, you see your family on the beach and you see your umbrella and you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm going to like stay. Cause I want to make sure that I have an eye on them. And the next thing you know, right. you're like way down and you're like, where the heck is my family? <laughs> like the water I, I just kind of wishes you. Yeah. That is yeah. exactly how it was. It was like the Holy spirit just like was a wave and just whooshed us into this whole different dynamic of our phone ringing all the time. Hey, we heard you're loving on this family. We heard you're helping people in poverty. We heard you're doing this and doing that. And, um, my wife is getting a new washer and dryer. There's nothing wrong with her. She just wants to upgrade. So it still works. Could y'all use it? And those phone calls, we didn't solicit them. Nobody, we didn't have a 501c3. We didn't have a name, like nothing. People just heard that there was a need and there was a family that was doing something about it and people wanted to participate. And the fact that God gave us an avenue to let people participate, it was huge. And it just kind of avalanched. And the next thing we know, like Shelby still teases me about coming over to the house and there being thousands of clothing garments, like thousands because we didn't have a facility. And so we were like, well, Jesus gave us this house. We'll just use the house. That's what we've got. And so there was, it was crazy, but he was doing something. So it was also exciting to be a part of it, you know, to get to participate. 
That's uh, one of the things that I'm hearing you tell that story. We, you know, the whole title of this podcast is the Heaven Here Now podcast. And we talk about the shift that happens when this idea of heaven stops being something that is only about something that might happen one day. And it becomes something that you realize I have an opportunity and a responsibility to help uh, create here and now. And it sounds like, because I had a very similar experience uh, twice, but I know the first one was actually in the exact same thing of a, of a, an angel tree thing, delivering some gifts and walking into somebody's house and, and just going, I had no idea that somebody lived yeah. like this, mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. close to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's actually motivating when you realize, wow, this looks like hell here now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this, like somebody's really suffering and yeah. that's, that's great if I could, you know, give them some hope for heaven later, but like, what about right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do right. you do for, for this person right now? Like is uh, just, we talk a little bit more about how getting close to people's suffering and becoming aware of that, like has, has changed you. Well, I mean, it's like you just said, once you know, you can't unknow. So it, the only way it doesn't change you is if you purposely make a decision to snuff that out. Like Jesus has ignited something in you and then you have that opportunity to say yes to him and participate or, and I know that's kind of a, I think that's a thing in our culture, like we set our eyes on something that we want and it might not be what Jesus wants for us. And so we kind of try to snuff out all the Holy spirit flames. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, it does. You know, because we're like, Oh no, that might be hard or that might Mm -hmm. be messy or that might be super uncomfortable. So I'm just going to snuff those flames out because I am too scared. So I think that has, I think that that has kind of taken over a lot of people in the body. Um, and that's sad because Jesus wants to light fires. He wants to. Yeah. And it feels like sometimes, um, in America, in this Western Christian world that it's easy for us to compartmentalize when we want that fire to start. So like, when we schedule that yearly mission trip across the, you know, <laughs> when like, we want really the fire easy. to start, I can fit that's it in perfect. on this date in my calendar. Holy Spirit, this is when you can use me, and then I'm <laughs> gonna fly to back show across up the now. ocean and go back to my life, right? Yes. Whereas, that is perfect. Um, yes. Whereas one like that stuff that you see across the ocean, I love what you said that this was five minutes from your house because yeah. same for me, like. When I moved down here two miles away, I had mm-hmm. no idea that there are people here without running water, that there mm-hmm. are people here like wondering how they're, they're going to eat, eat from mm-hmm. this meal. Yeah. And so when you see something like that, how do you see that and it not change you? How do you, yeah. how do you turn your head from that and that not change you? And so I think that's what people wrestle with is, you know, like, oh, this is really going to change my life. Like when God says this is going to be a 24 seven thing, like, yeah. Ooh, I don't know if it's I want to get involved in that. It's much easier to like go to church on Sunday. It's and check so out much that easier. Box, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a lot neater and tidier. Um, navigating things with some of our people here at the mission 
it's hard. Hmm. I mean, you are dealing with most of my people have dealt with abuse or they've dealt with addiction, either their own or someone that was supposed to be caring for them. Um, there's so much pain involved and that is not a neat and tidy thing to get yeah, in no, the mud with somebody else's pain yeah. is not, it's not easy. Well, I think that's um, part of what really changes people is there's, it's easy to maintain a simple story about why I'm where I am and why that person is maybe struggling. And the simple story is like, you know, they were irresponsible or they were, you know, yeah, they just were lazy or whatever, something like that. And I found the exact same thing that usually when you sit down and listen to somebody who's in pain or struggling, uh, it, it's a, it's a heartbreaking story right. is what you find. And it's, yeah, and it's, it's one typically you, not a decision where they go, Oh yeah, I think I'm going to just live with nothing. I think that sounds like right. a great plan. Yeah, that is exactly. not, this, that is this, not, this is my version of heaven here now. No, it's not. <laughs> right. It's, no. it's not, it's, it's, you've, you've encountered somebody who is a human being just like you who has hopes, dreams, and aspirations and who is facing, you know, obstacles that got insurmountable and, right. and they got to that place where it's like, there's, I, I wish there was help. You know, I wish mm -hmm. there was somebody, you know, to be there. And a lot of times there wasn't. And I, I think it's so, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on, like you said, it gets messy, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the beginning, it's really messy. You start getting involved in somebody's world, but as opposed to like a mission trip where I go somewhere else, I go across the world and I do some stuff and I go home and I feel good. Um, when you work with someone locally, what you get in the long term is you get to like see the, the reward of the fruit of your labor. Yeah. Like you get to see how that person uh, changes over time. They, be, they, they don't become just somebody that you help. They have the potential to become, you know, a part of your community, uh, you know, a, a productive member of society. Um, have you seen some of that? Like some of like just some of those transformation stories of, of, uh, yeah. of somebody. Just you saying that makes my eyes well up. Yeah. I mean, we, we see that and sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's like they get back on their feet and they get into their own home and it's right. big life changing stuff. And sometimes it's, it's little baby steps where they come here and they, they look broken and they won't look you in the eye and they're heavy and, um, you can't be in this building without somebody loving on you. And so getting loved on and doted on and feeling like you matter, you have a voice, you're not invisible to see people leave with a different countenance than they walked in with. We had a gentleman, um, come to look at our warehouse because we were having some water issues. And so, uh, he came in, I showed him the warehouse and I asked a volunteer to give him a tour. And I said, okay, don't, don't leave without hugging my neck and telling me what you thought after you see the place. Like I, I can't wait for you to see it. So, uh, I've caught him on his way out and I was like, what'd you think? And he, he was like, Oh, I just, you just pour out dignity on people. And that, that's what I saw. And, um, 
I said, yeah, that, that's our goal is to like esteem. We really want people to know that they're important and they're cared for. And there is dignity in that. And one of our ladies was about to walk out with her groceries. It was a th- busy Thursday and she was standing to the side and she overheard he and I have this conversation and um, she turned around and she said, and if you don't have dignity when you walk in, you have it when you walk out. Mm. Mm. And that mm. one statement, like, I will never forget that one tiny, tiny little moment. That's exactly what we want. We want them to come here and, and know that there is hope. We had one lady, y'all, whoo, she was a pickle. She's probably going to watch this. Um, We are friends on Facebook. I love her. The first time I remember meeting her as a client, she uh, came up to me to tell me what I was doing wrong here at I-58 and how I should be doing things. And um, I just about wanted to pinch her little head right off her shoulders. And so... (laughs) Tell me about your nonprofit that you're running <laughs> to meet all these needs. Yeah. So anyway, we um, we had a conversation about that, about what I was doing wrong and what she thought I should fix. And it was interesting. Um, but she kept coming. And we kept loving on her. And we kept pouring into her and building a relationship with her. And, you know, she would uncover little pieces about herself. Um, we found out that she used to be a witch. Um, there were all these little details that she would just slowly start to share with us. And, um, and now she volunteers here. Now she knows Jesus. That is the greatest thing that could change. That's the most beautiful thing that could change in her world. And so, um, you know, if, if all of this was so that she could come to know Christ, then hallelujah. Hey, it was worth it. You know? Um, so the changes are, are so varied, whether it's a job or it's getting into a home or, um, one of the ladies that we love on her son has been in and out of the hospital May, like she thought she was going to lose him multiple times, major health issues, but she came through the line two weeks ago with her little baby in the car. And of course we all run out there and are loving on him and excited that he's out of the hospital. And she knows like she sends me pictures through Facebook of him or little videos of him. And just lets us know how well he's doing because we've loved on her and we've poured into them. And so it looks different for everybody that we serve and we get to do life with here at I-58, but it's all beautiful. It really is. I, I love what you talked about and so much of every situation you just told us about was a culture that you have created. And if there's one thing that like when we're talking about organizations or leadership or different kind of things and your name comes up, I always talk about the culture that you have created because I am so impressed by it. Um, There is not one person there that I don't feel like does not feel empowered. I feel like 
you have this position, but that you pour out empowerment and leadership on everyone mm -hmm. that comes in that building and have created this culture where they feel like they're more invested because they have ownership in it. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and <laughs> no. like your leadership style <laughs> I have and no why idea. you feel like it's important? I have no, I have never led anything in my life. Never. Like, even as a teacher, I was not the team lead. Like, I had no idea what I'm doing 99% of the time. I just know that people have value and they bring something that I don't bring. Every person here brings something that I don't bring. And um, together we can accomplish a lot of things. And so I, I, I don't know where it comes from. I definitely think it's a Jesus thing because I literally have no idea, y'all. Um, I just want to love on people and I want them to have a role and feel like they have a voice. And, um, I definitely don't feel like I have the corner market, you know, on, at I-58. Um, when people, sometimes I feel a little embarrassed, you know, to be called the executive director because that sounds so fancy. And here I am in my yoga pants, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like, y'all, it sounds it sounds like a big fancy deal, but really it means I can clean the toilets and I can drive the box truck. Like that's what that means. It doesn't, it, I think it's just, um, an opportunity for me to rally people and give them the same opportunity that Jesus gave me here. So I'm, I, it blesses my heart that that's how you see it, Katie Ray, because I, I literally, I've never led anything, y'all. I, I feel like I'm just kind of yeah. figuring it out as I go. So I'm glad that that is what Jesus has done. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I have... love too that when I, when I asked you that, you were like, I, I don't know. I don't feel qualified. <laughs> I don't have the skill because I feel like kind of like in every, um, role that I've been in, I felt the same way. Like, I have no idea what's going on here. I'm not qualified for this. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of people when you say that, hey, you can be empowered. You can do this. Um, what would you say to people that don't feel qualified um, to bring heaven here now? Honestly, if you don't feel qualified, you're probably the best candidate. Because I've seen that the people that do feel qualified... Wow. <laughs> are often um, more self-centered instead of available to Jesus. Does that make sense? I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound yes. ugly, but um, I think coming into it with the attitude that you, so here when we, when this was the vineyard church and we went here, we used to sing this song that said, I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And I think to be, to bring heaven here now, that's all you have to do is say, okay, I'm going to love on people and I'm going to do it with my hands wide open. So Jesus, you put something in my hands. You fill me up. You, you do the stuff through me and I'm just here. I'm available because that's what he wants. He doesn't want somebody that thinks they have all the answers because then you don't have room for him. 
Um, yeah. you, if you just walk in with wide open heart and hands, he is the one that will lead the charge. And that's really freeing, especially to a type A controlling person like myself. It's really good to know that I don't have control over this. Like if I don't look to him, it's a hot mess because I'm a hot mess. So if I just make myself available, then he does, he's done far more than I could have ever planned or, I mean, I, yeah, I can't write the same check Jesus can write. (laughs) I don't own all the cattle on the hill. So when we finally just go, okay, I am totally available. What do you want me to do? That's when he starts doing his thing, you know? Yeah. And that's when it gets exciting. Yeah. Whenever I think of the difference between like organizations and movements that people can create versus what Jesus can create, I think that um, the big difference is Jesus's things that he creates are always people movements and they're, and they're organized around people who have a passion specifically for people, right? For, for, for loving them, for helping them, for empowering them, for uplifting them. Um, one of the things that's one of our values that I heard you talk about is this idea that relationships are the win that like the value of what you do for somebody is specifically in giving dignity, worth and value to another human. Why? Because they're the most valuable thing. And if you can unlock someone's passion, their drive, their motivation, um, like that's the, that's the greatest resource in the world. That's like a precious jewel you know, mm-hmm. the, that, that you're mining. And the cool thing is, is that people are all different. We have different skills. We have different passions. We have different abilities. Mm-hmm. And like that picture of the body of Christ and movement of, you know, people willing to share leadership, people willing to share, um, you know, responsibility and say, oh yeah, you're, you're great at this thing. Like here, you step into that. Right. Um, you know, you do that. I think that that's so, um, beautiful. And I think what's cool is like, we've both, we've all three been in different like church environments. And I think that can be part of the challenge with being in churches is like making church happen or making like a service or making an event happen can become the, uh, like the driving force of what Mm -hmm. everything's organized around. And I I love the roles that we get to play as nonprofits because we almost get to help churches make sure that all of us refocus on partnering to, to help people. Um, is that, has that been your experience? Like it, have you, has, I guess my question is, has this experience of like leading a nonprofit, has it kind of changed or shaped your view of your role in the body of Christ or as a member of like, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Before, before I 58, I did not feel like I had a purpose. Like I just, um, yeah, I was just surviving, just surviving. And so, and it's, this is hard work. So it's not like I went from a hard job to a cushy job. It's not about that. Right. Anybody who runs a nonprofit knows, right. But, um, but it's very freeing and that 
Yeah, that changes things. It yes. changes. It changes you when you have the freedom to love on people and pour out your giftings. Like I, you know, when I think of the body of Christ and gifts, um, I think of singers and musicians and uh, the pastor that always has the right words. And that can tend to make the rest of us that don't have any of those talents feel like, well, I have nothing to offer. Like I can't, the dogs howl when I sing, (laughs) like I can't do that job. And I cry when I talk about I-58. So speaking might not be my thing. And, you know, you just kind of go through the list of what you think the talented body of Christ has. And then you look at yourself. And that's one thing that I feel like he's, he's changed in me. Um, because now that I have I-58, I'm like, yes, my gift of administration that I didn't even think was a gift I get to use that every day. I get to use my type A-ness every single day and I love it. And so, you know, he made you with a certain gift and it's valuable. He, he wouldn't have given it to you if it wasn't valuable. So it just, it's beautiful to have the opportunity to use what he's given me and finally see that that has value. Yeah. So everybody um, watching this has some sort of gift and it may not be singing or speaking, but you have a gift and Jesus wants to use it to build the yeah. kingdom. We talked about last week how so many times like people think you have to be behind a microphone mm-hmm. or have this title or have this charisma. And I told Jesse, I just feel like that's kind of discrediting God and the gifts that he gives people. Yep. Because you doing what you're doing every single day and loving on people, that's leadership. Your influence is your leadership. Um, And I love how you said everybody has a gift, but you not only are using your gift here at I-58 to love on people, you are also using your gift outside the building. We talked about right before we started that you are about to donate a kidney. Can you tell us? Can you tell us a little bit about that gift? I wish I could tell you all the things about that. Um, But the person that I love who... I'm donating to is super private. And so uh, people don't know who the kidney's going to, but I can tell you that it's somebody that I love and I've been in relationship with for many, 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 many years. And um, a lot of people have been tested to see if they were a match. And lo and behold, I'm a match. And so, um, to say that it's not totally scary to think that somebody's going to like cut out a body part. <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's also so exciting like I don't know y'all, it's it's overwhelmingly exciting to know that I'm going to help somebody who I care for deeply get back to who they are and not be at dialysis three or four days a week. And it, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because they have a long life left ahead of them and I want to help them live it to their fullest. And so I'm, 
I've gone through my big day of testing at Emory. And so I have like one more blood test and an MRI and then I should be cleared. And they've done all their testing and they're cleared. So it's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm ready to be on the calendar. I'm excited. That's yeah. wild. It is wild. <laughs> it is wild. I would have never in a million years thought that that'd be something that I could do for somebody, but yeah. what an opportunity. Well, it very much checks out with everything else that you've said though, because I think when you, you know, we, we talk a lot about the shift, like there's a shift that happens when you, you stop viewing, you know, heaven as this thing that that's only going to happen one day. And yeah. you start to see it as something that we have an opportunity and a responsibility right. to help create now. And I love, you know, what you just said is like, I, somebody that I love is not experiencing heaven here now dialysis every right. single day, you know, not being able to yeah. get up and go like, that's that, that doesn't qualify. Right. No, no, and, it does not. And you've realized that like, I have an opportunity. I've, I've been yeah. tested and not everybody else qualifies. Um, but I do. And I have a choice of whether or not I want to give this gift of myself uh, to something bigger than me and to create something really powerful for this other person. Um, and I just, you know, I, I love your your willingness to lead the way um, and to continue Thank to do you. that. And I think the thing that's so cool, and I think everything that you've created with I-58 or helped create with I-58, you know, shows this is the results are good. You know, when you, you don't always know what it's going to be. You don't even always know what that's going to look like. Um, but when you give the gift of yourself and your passions and even, you know, of your body, mm -hmm. you know, to somebody else, when, when it lines up, when it matches, when it's like the right yeah. fit, um, it's a beautiful payoff. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And I don't want to leave this earth with a word, like not a worry. I don't know the best word y'all, but not, I don't want to leave thinking I could have, I could have lived the life he wanted me to live. I could like, what could he have done through me if I had been available? What would this have looked like if I had said yes I don't want to look back. And so I just want to encourage anybody that's listening to this. Don't, don't end looking back thinking, man, this could have been beautiful if I had been obedient. Yeah. I feel like there is for people that, you know, don't get involved in, and like you said, aren't maybe obedient. There's like a, a fear because we talked about how messy it gets and how mm -hmm. it, it literally interrupts our lives. But can you talk about like what's in the messy for you? Why do you choose to get, why do you choose to get your hands dirty every day? Well, I mean, it's just like the one lady I told y'all about that now knows Jesus. I mean, she literally was telling us when she, came, when she came up on the stage and she was shopping and she saw um, a toy uh, wand. She was like, oh, that looks, that looks similar to the wand that I used to use. Hmm. Do you, like, if you could see her today versus then, 
she doesn't even look the same. Like her countenance is completely different. And so was that uncomfortable? Yes. But is she super valuable? Yes. And so I think we just, fear holds us back from so many things. It holds us back from relationships. It holds us back from taking ministry leaps like you guys have done, like I've done. It holds people back from the life that they were meant to have. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy. I'm losing my ears, y'all. Sorry. It's going to be, there are going to be moments of, of, uh, difficulty. There are going to be those times where we're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that this is what I was getting into. I think all three of us have probably had that moment. Um, but looking back at the, the people that I've gotten to be in relationship with, like I wouldn't change it for anything. So there's any uh, relationship, any relationship is hard. So you get to choose which hard you want to do, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's, there's a somewhat gross, but illustrative game that uh, Kate and I have played at times. And it's what's the lowest denomination of, uh, bill that you would go into a porta potty for. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but the the idea, you know, behind it is like what I, you know, what I heard you saying was like, yeah, it's it's messy um, being around with people, but people are also worth it because messy yeah. people can get uh, cleaned up, and their value isn't diminished by the mess; it's just obscured. Right. And you know, I think that one of the things that I think back to Jesus, you know, parable about like the, the pearl of great price. Um, he describes heaven here now, the kingdom of God as this, uh, as this, as this pearl of great price that somebody like found and they were like, man, this is absolutely worth selling all the stuff that I have, uh, mortgaging, you know, trading everything in to get this thing. And I think what's so, what I keep hearing throughout our whole conversation is the, the two components of that are this innate passion that God gives you and then people. And where yeah. those things like line up, where those things coalesce, where they come together, like you've, you found it, you know, you found the thing worth wading into the mess, you know, mortgaging your stuff, trading things in, cashing yeah. out um, because it's, it's just worth it. And the end it is where you it. find your unique, way to uh to love people using these gifts that you've been given so that it is fun it is enjoyable it's Mm -hmm. not it's not easy you know but but it's like it's rewarding and it's fulfilling and you're like i'm this is my thing that only i can do um yeah yeah, that that's that's just kind of worth it is that is is that what your experience has been yeah it definitely is and you know Y'all know, y'all know me. When we went here to the vineyard, um, our pastor at the time, Brent, he poured into me a lot. Um, You want to talk about a mess? Oh my gosh. I, I feel like a totally different person than I was. And 
if Brent hadn't just genuinely loved me mess and all and spoke into me that God had a plan for me and that um, there was purpose there, I don't know that I'd be sitting here today. So my hope is that when a volunteer comes through the door or a client comes through the door and they are a mess, that I can do the same for them. I can love on them and speak life into them because it's been done for me. And, um, you know, I, I see volunteers that come through our doors one of our ladies, she came to serve community service because she had made some really not good decisions. And uh, last year she spoke at Southside Church in front of hundreds of people about her testimony of starting here to serve community service. And now she's a lead volunteer that that. We, when we talk about Leo, we always say, oh, where do you need somebody in pantry? Because Leah can do all the jobs. Like she, she could fit in anybody's role. So where do you need her today? Like she's just such a blessing and an asset. Well, when she walked through the door, that wasn't the Leah that walked through the door. And so I, I'm just so grateful that Brent spoke life into me and I'm super excited that I get to do that for our clients and our volunteers because who knows what Jesus has planned for them, you know, what their calling is. And I didn't, the mission didn't start until I was almost 40. So if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, well, I didn't go to (laughs) seminary school when I got out of high school and I've missed that vote and I can't. Hmm. There is no age cap on what God can do. So right. don't, don't sell yourself short because of that number. Um, Cause he's restarted my life halfway through it. Yeah. So um, I love that you were elevated and now you are elevating others and you've created this culture. And I love that it's an opportunity for someone that's like maybe scared to be empowered on their own. You give them like that, that baby step to be empowered so if someone wants to get involved in I-58 and what they're doing, where where should they go? Where should they find out information? How can they take one baby step to get involved? So they can call the mission and talk to Susie. She's my go-to girl. She's the, the administrative glue that holds it together. Um, and she can definitely tell them what days we need folks and how they can jump in. Our website is the i58mission.org, and they can go there, and there's all sorts of opportunities, whether it's coming to bag down food or it's coming to serve people on a Thursday or um, if there are some strong guys watching this that, you know, have a have a extra couple hours a week and want to deliver uh, a washer and dryer to a mama that needs one. There are so many opportunities to give. Um, We have one lady, (laughs) she can't come. She works full time, but randomly she will Instacart a car load of food to us. Hmm. She will go online 
set it all up. The driver delivers it here. So all she has to do is shop and click the button. But when that car pulls up and it's the Instacart guy, we get really, really excited, probably overly excited. I think the first time he came, we kind of scared him because we were all out there like jumping up and down. But, um, <laughs> you know, there are so many ways to, to pour in. So, yeah. yeah. And she makes a huge difference. I'm sure every day just by oh, gosh. getting online huge. and shipping groceries to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It all well, Karma, that, Karma, thanks so much for sharing your time with us today and kind Thank of telling some, some of your story. And, um, you know, we just, I love how you guys, especially the, the focus to, to work locally, you know, like I, one of the things that we really stress is that it starts here and now it starts in yeah. your neighborhood, in your backyard, with your family, with the things closest to you, because that's where our greatest power is. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I just you're you're an awesome example of of heaven here now. We love uh, the partnerships that we get to do with you guys, and yeah, I want to encourage anybody who is listening to this uh, to check out the I fifty eight mission, and it's a great chance to just take a step on that empowerment journey. Absolutely, and, uh, Thank you guys you for well. having me. Yeah, yeah, love you. Love awesome. y'all. Thanks, Karma. Bye. Bye.